You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal, and your host for this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I think it was maybe four or five podcasts ago, I went through and kind of talked about what would happen for tenants if they weren't able to, to pay their rent, what their options were, what they should do, how they should interact with their landlord, kind of went through all the different processes there and really kind of spelled that out. And so I, what I wanted to do on this podcast was to basically go through if you are if you have lost your job due to the coronavirus and you have a mortgage and you are going to be late on that mortgage or you can't pay it we've all heard the words forbearance what does forbearance actually mean and what does it do is forbearance a good option if you don't have the money to pay your mortgage right now so that's what we're going to do on this podcast so let's jump right on in uh, and some of the things to do and some of the reasons I'm doing this are number one I think there's a lot of people who are unemployed out there who are really scrambling to figure out which bills they pay and how do they pay those and maybe forbearance is a word that they've heard of but from my standpoint as a real estate broker and, and I own an appraisal company and I've got appraisers out there appraising during this crisis is that we're getting a lot of feedback of uh, loan programs are changing on the summit side we're getting denied loans at the very end because mortgage originators are placing what they call overlays and it's additional criteria on loans I think you're gonna see a time period here where it's pretty rocky as far as what's going on with mortgage lending I know a lot of lenders have stopped doing jumbo loans at all and that's with uh, a loan with a loan amount I think over seven hundred and forty one thousand is uh, the max um, before you get into a jumbo loan so you know three quarters of a million dollars and up is a jumbo loan a lot of lenders have basically stopped doing those altogether and I know credit scores have gone up and maybe come down a little bit for some of the FHA, VA, and USDA loans. So there's a lot of different things going on out there, kind of behind the scenes, that we're seeing the impact of, but I think are going to come back, they're going to come out kind of in the media and come out in the news. And for a lot of people in real estate, it's going to come out in, yep, my buyer couldn't get a loan or my seller, the deal they entered into, that deal blew up because the buyer couldn't get a loan, those kind of things. And we see this a lot when we're in these transitionary periods of we're trying to get the federal stimulus into the economy. That's hard to do because it's such a massive project and there's so much money that needs to go into an economy, especially when you've been shut down, just boom, done. All of a sudden, you shut all these companies down. Nobody has any money coming in. Nobody has any income. But the bills are still piling up. So that's what we're going to kind of jump into today. And I'm going to go through a guide to the coronavirus mortgage relief options. You know, with the coronavirus protection, with the package that, go, that goes through, you just don't have to make your, pay, your mortgage payment. You, you just don't have to make it. Th those are things that I'm kind of hearing thrown out around out there. And those are the reasons that I want to do these podcasts on these specific type events, which I think affect a lot of people and will continue to affect a lot of people. Today is Wednesday, April the 8th, I believe. And tomorrow is Thursday. So Thursday is another unemployment numbers reporting. So we're going to, I think, see those numbers go 
go up. I don't think they're going down. In the last two weeks, we've had 10 million people apply for, for, for unemployment for the first time. And I think you're going to see a massive number tomorrow. So going into payments being made on Mar May 1, you're going to have a lot of people that if they don't have the federal relief in their, their pockets from whatever, that um, it's going to be a tough time to make mortgage payments. And I think a lot of people are going to look at the forbearance option of basically putting your payment on a hiatus. And we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about how the mortgage market works. And this is an article that was written by Barry Habib and Dan Habib, Mortgage Crisis and Fed Unintended Consequences. And I'm kind of pulling per certain pieces of this. And uh, Barry Habib does uh, the Mortgage uh, MBS Highway um, and he kind of explains to and, and runs an online YouTube channel and basically an online service for people in the mortgage industry. And I uh, rely upon uh, the expertise there a lot. So let's begin with the mortgage process. This is just going to be kind of a quick rundown of how all this works. So that once I explain this, you'll have an idea of why all these things are so kind of tied together. And when you do one thing, like don't pay a mortgage, how it affects all the other things. So a borrower or a buyer goes to a mortgage originator, like um, uh, somebody to get a loan from, to obtain a mortgage. Once closed, the loan is handled by a servicer, which may or may not be the same company that originated the loan. The borrower submits payments to the servicer. However, the servicer does not own the loan. They are simply maintaining the loan. So think, so think of the servicer as the person that you write your payments out to. They might own your loan, but more than likely, you're just writing your payments out to them and they handle the rest. Um, this means that the servicer is servicing loan. This means collecting payments and forwarding them to the investor, paying taxes and insurance, answering questions, etc. And while they maintain the, or service the loan, the asset itself is owned uh, by an aggregator or it's directly owned by a governmental agency like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Ginny Mae. Ginny Mae does VA and uh, FHA loans. The loan gets placed inside a large bundle, which is put in the hands of an investment banker. Everybody loves investment bankers, right? Uh, they just get such a bad rap, but they are really required to handle all this stuff. The loan gets placed inside a large bundle, which is put in the hands of an investment banker. That's where we're at. That investment banker converts those loans into a mortgage-backed security that can be sold to the public. So that's how... You buy a home, you got a loan, your loan gets serviced, your payments go to that servicer, that servicer, they make the payments to the investor, and the and, and that all gets happen, uh, happens through mortgage-backed securities that can be sold to the public. That's how you get liquidity. That way the lender can go out and do another loan. So there's a, a formalized process for all this to happen. So um, the investment maker converts those loans into a mortgage-backed security that can be sold to the public. This shows up in different investments like mutual funds, insurance fund and plans, and retirement accounts. So that is a super short version of how the mortgage process works. So here's where with the coronavirus, we go sideways. But the coronavirus has caused a virtual shutdown of the US economy, um, which has created an unprecedented amount of job losses. That's why I'm talking about job losses, people who can't make their mortgage payments. This adds a new risk to the servicer because borrowers may have difficulty paying their mortgages in a timely manner. Yeah, that's true. 
and although the servicer does not own the asset, they have the responsibility and the legal obligation to make the payment to the investor. So the servicer is the guy in the middle that you make your payments to. You often think of that person as the person who owns your mortgage, but they are typically not. They're just the servicer. They're just passing on the money that you give them to the person, and they keep a little bit um, as, their, as their profit. And although the servicer does not own the asset, they have the responsibility to make the payment to the investor, even if they have not yet received it from the borrower. So these servicers are getting caught. And one of the one of the articles I read in doing research for this podcast was, this is from the Mortgage Bankers Association and the Federal Reserve Chairman. And they're stating that if approximately one quarter of borrowers avail themselves of forbearance, not having to pay their mortgage for six months or longer, advancing demands on servicers could exceed $75 billion or could climb well above $100 billion. They're just kind of make taking guesses, but it's a big deal. And you're going to probably depending on how many people uh, apply for forbearance from their lenders, depending on how that goes, how, how fast the funds get out, uh, the federal funds from the stimulus package get out, people are going to be requiring forbearance. They're going to take that as an option. And I think the, the mortgage industry is probably going to need a bailout too. They haven't been named so far, but I don't think there's any way that you're going to avoid seeing that. And there are some steps in place to take care of the mortgage industry, but not quite sure how to, uh, to handle that. So mortgage lenders are tightening standards as the coronavirus crisis worsens. So if you are a real estate broker and you've got a deal in the works, get that deal closed as soon as you can because lending standards are changing and uh, I think there's a lot of lenders who are going to be exiting the mortgage industry. They're going to say, yeah, with all these people without jobs and we can't really confirm if they have jobs or if they're employment moving forward, we just don't want to deal with that. We're out. We're out of the mortgage lending industry. I think you're going to see a ton of that, especially short term. From the last few recessions, especially the last one when in 2007, 2008, when that one hit, we didn't really have the forbearance option. That's the big difference between that recession and this, uh, what I'm calling recession that's going to happen, is that on, on this one, as part of the CARES Act, there have been placed right off the get, right off the bat, right off the get-go, mortgage forbearance. And I think that's because we learned from the last one that it's way cheaper to work with existing borrowers and, to, and, and have them spread out the payments, get them to do something as far as their mortgage um, whether they do a forbearance or spread it out over more years, get them to do something instead of uh, do, going down the route of foreclosure. Foreclosure is not a win situation for anybody. Everybody loses money on that, and the homeowner loses their home. So going down the forbearance road is an option that on in with the coronavirus, that's what we're looking at. So let's get into what the forbearance um looks like. Yeah, and in the government's effort to help those who have lost their jobs because of the coronavirus shutdown, they have granted forbearance of mortgage payments for affected individuals. We knew that going into it. This presents an enormous obstacle for servicers who are obligated to forward the mortgage payment to the investor, even though they have not received it yet. Fortunately, there is new facility set up to help mortgage servicers bridge the gap to the investor. However, it's unclear as to how long it will take for servicers to access this facility. 
So you got mortgage people hoping for a program that comes out, some mechanism that helps them out in the meantime. You've got homeowners who can't pay. You've got lenders who don't have money coming in. You've got businesses that don't have money to run payroll. This is all a mess, and it's going to take a while to sort out. And that's if it gets sorted out. I think a lot of this stuff will just kind of happen. might happen too late. Um, businesses are going to go under. And people are going to have a tough time paying their mortgages, and they're already having a tough time paying their rent. So these are all things that we're just going to have, have to work our way through. There's no other option. And do I focus on the negative on this podcast? I try not to. But a lot of this stuff is, it's not easy stuff to wrap your head around. And it's, it's not particularly easy for me to talk about either, because it's always focusing on, well, how do you work around this issue? And that's what I've tried to do with the Seattle Real Estate Podcast during this downturn is not to give you fluffy, you know, news feeds. Hey, it's going to be great. It's going to be okay. Um, I've tried to give you my calls is what I think is happening with a guy who runs a couple of small businesses that are in real estate and real estate appraisal and what I'm seeing out there. So with some of these podcasts, it might seem that I'm like really going down a negative rabbit hole, but I'm not. I'm doing my best to bring you the news of what I think is happening, how it affects you and give you my professional opinion. So let's jump into a guide to coronavirus mortgage relief options. And this is coming from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I thought they had a really good website and some really good advice as if you are looking down the barrel of not being able to make your mortgage, maybe it's a matter of keeping your utilities on, eating, whatever, versus making that big mortgage payment. Because even if you get a $1,200 check and maybe another $600 stimulus and you've got a mortgage, a lot of areas that is not going to cover your mortgage. And another thing I'm hearing about is people who are reaching out to their lenders, which I'll get into in a second, who are reaching out to their lenders for forbearance. Um, forbearance. Um, the lender is saying, yep, we'll give you three months. This is what's happening. We'll give you three months. But when that fourth mortgage payment is due, we need all four months paid up front. So it's basically a lump sum payment. It's a balloon payment. And if you haven't had a job, if you don't have a job now, and maybe you get your job back a couple of months down the road, you're already behind on a ton of bills. So the option to make four payments after three months, that doesn't seem to me like a very fair option. But I think homeowners are going, well, let's buy some time. We'll enter into that forbearance uh, agreement. We'll buy some time and we'll figure it out later. Uh, and I think you're going to have probably some intervention there and you're going to have some changes to policy because it doesn't make any sense to say, all right, yep, we'll give you three months. But man, on that fourth month, you owe for the fourth month. In addition to you got to come up with those other three payments as well. So give us four months of payments as of XYZ date. That doesn't seem to me like a very good solution. That is just a recipe for making this way worse because people are not going to have that money by then. It's going the other way. It's not, um, it, it's, people are not just coming into a bunch of money. They're burning money with no jobs, and that's, uh, that's a terrifying scenario to be in. So that's why we are working on mortgage for, forbearance here. So for many homeowners with mortgages, there's help. But first, assess your situation. These are important things you need to know first. The number one thing, and this is what I really agree with, if you can pay your mortgage, pay your mortgage, bottom line. You signed up for a contract, you gave your word in writing that you would pay this mortgage. Now, if you can, keep paying it, 
Don't screw around with this. If you have that ability, don't make it worse for everybody else and for the industry by just kind of taking a forbearance. That's one of the major complaints about this is that people can basically call up Fannie Mae and Freddie backed mortgage uh, if their mortgage is owned by Freddie, Freddie by a governmental entity. They can call up and say, yep, as part of the CARES package, I want to get a forbearance. What's that look like? And that's without proving that they need this. So in the last recession in 07, 08, you had to go through a pretty good size criteria. You had to provide bank statements showing that you were in need. You had to prove that you lost your job, whatever, whatever. You had to come up with some paper that backed up your claims. In in this one, I think uh, the government was so quick to say, oh my gosh, we're going to put all these people out of work. We know that. Let's give them the right to not make their payments on you know half of these loans because that's about what the, the governmental service uh, entities, they own about half of all the residential loans out there. So let's make it easy for them to get a forbearance so people don't freak out and get foreclosed on. So if you can pay your mortgage, pay your mortgage. Don't call your mortgage servicer if you aren't facing an immediate issue. Those guys are wildly busy, and you might be on hold for a long time just trying to get a hold of your servicer. So have patience. Stick with it. If you really need a, a forbearance, you will get it. All right, if you can't pay your mortgage or you can only pay a portion, contact your mortgage servicer immediately. If you know get this ball rolling. It may take a while to get a loan servicer on the phone. Loan servicers are experiencing a high call volume. It may also be impacted by the pandemic. They've got employees that can't make it or are sick or whatever. And so there's so many people that are out of work that just trying to get a hold of these uh, businesses and lenders, That's a it's a hard thing to do. A new federal law, the Corona virus aid relief and economic securities act that's the cares act put in place two options for homeowners with federally backed mortgages number one is a foreclosure moratorium not going to do foreclosures and i think that is through either i think it's through july something like that but i know a lot of states have also put in to um not law but they've also put into regulation whatever it is their own dates of mortgage um of foreclosure moratorium. So check with your specific state as to what the foreclosure moratorium might be like. That's the first thing that the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Securities, the CARES Act, put in place. The second is a right to forbearance for homeowners who are experiencing a financial hardship due to the COVID-19 emergency. If you don't have a federally backed mortgage, you'll still have relief options through your mortgage servicer or from your state. Uh, from your state. You'll have to figure that out. So mortgage forbearance. Forbearance is when you, when your mortgage servicer or lender allows you to pause or reduce your mortgage payments for a limited period of time. That doesn't mean you don't have to pay that. You do have to pay that. And like I explained earlier, a lot of the forbearance that we're seeing, they're requiring you to pay it with a lump sum, not too many months down the road. Forbearance doesn't erase what you owe. You have to repay any missed or reduced payments in the future. If your income is restored, reach out to your servicer and resume making those payments as soon as you can. You want to get back on the horse of making your payments. Depending on the kind of loan you have, there may be different forbearance options. The moratorium, that what that does is that suspends or stops foreclosure. Foreclosure is when the lender takes back the property after the homeowner fails to make required payments on a mortgage. Foreclosure processes differ by state, and we're not even really going to get into that. 
But what options do you qualify? Your mortgage relief options depend on who owns or backs your mortgage. That's the first thing you need to figure out is who owns your mortgage. How do you do that? The first thing you do to figure out who owns your mortgage is call your servicer. So look at your mortgage uh, statement, go online, look at your mortgage statement online, see who it is, grab their 1-800 number or shoot them an email, get that conversation going. Hey, is my mortgage a federally backed mortgage? And again, it may take a while to get through. Loan servicers are experiencing a lot of uh, volume. So your mortgage servicer is a company that you send your mortgage payments to each month. And second, find out from your mortgage servicer if your mortgage is federally backed. To be eligible for protections under the CARES Act, your mortgage must be federally owned or otherwise backed one of the federal agencies and entities list below. If you don't know who owns your or backs your mortgage, call your servicer. Pretty basic. And this servicer has an obligation to provide you to you the best of its knowledge, the name, address, and telephone number of who owns your loan. So here's a list of federal agencies and entities that provide loans, and most of these you'll be familiar with. U.S. Uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development, that's HUD. You've got U.S. Department of Agricultural, that's USDA. You've got USDA Direct. You've got USDA Guaranteed, two slightly different versions of USDA. The Federal Housing Administration, that's FHA, and that also includes reverse mortgages. U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, that's a VA loan. Um, it's basically for veterans. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the two big ones that most people would have a loan from. But those are all basically governmentally backed loans. If you have a loan that's in that pool, then um, yep, nearly half of the nation's mortgages are owned or backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. And then to look up online whether your mortgage is owned or backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, click these links. And I will put this article, this is the Guide to the Coronas Mortgage Relief Options from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I will try and remember to put a link to this in the description on our YouTube channel. So if you find this, um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can always go to Summit Properties Northwest our YouTube channel, and I'll have a link to this website and to this article where you can look up, is my loan backed by Fannie Mae or is my loan backed by Freddie Mac? They've got some links there and you can take advantage of that. So if your mortgage is a federally backed mortgage, you have two mortgage relief options under the CARES Act. Um, you won't be foreclosed on for 60 days after March 18th. And specifically, the CARES Act prohibits lenders and servicers from beginning a for judicial or non-judicial foreclosure against you or from finalizing a foreclosure judgment or sale during this period of time. I don't think any lender is going to jump into that. That is a real hot spot. And lenders, they don't want to do that. They want to work with you and figure out how you're going to pay this mortgage once the coronavirus is basically over and we've kind of gone back to work and the economy's back up and running. They want to work with you to get to that spot. So call them up if you can't make your payments. Get that conversation going. Do what you can. So second, the second thing is you have a right to request a forbearance for up to 180 days, and that's if your loan is federally owned. You also have the right to request one extension for another up to 180 days. So six months on the first one, six months on another one. Most of the forbearance options that I've heard have been three months. This is saying you have the option for 180 days. Um, I'm not sure. And I haven't heard of anybody 
uh, getting one beyond three months, so I'm not really sure there. You must contact your loan servicer to request this forbearance. It's not going to happen. you got to do it. Go out there and get it. There will be no additional fees, penalties, or additional interest beyond scheduled amounts added to your account. You do not need to submit additional documentation to qualify other than to claim you have a pandemic-related financial hardship. So basically, reach out to your lender, find out who owns your loan. If you qualify, get a forbearance if you need it. If you don't, then you need to figure out with your lender what options they can provide to you. And, that, and so we're still on if your mortgage is backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. If your mortgage is backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, in addition to the foreclosure moratorium and forbearance, if you are granted forbearance to delay making your monthly payments during this temporary period, you won't incur late fees. All right, that's good. You won't have delinquencies reported to credit reporting companies. All right, that's good. Foreclosure and other legal proceedings will be suspended. Um, how about borrower, borrowers with a mortgage not backed by the federal government? What can you do there? If you have a mortgage loan that is not backed by one of the federal agencies or entities that I listed earlier, contact your servicer. The Consumer um, Financial Protection Bureau and other financial regulators have encouraged financial institutions to work with borrowers who may or may not be, who no, who are unable to meet their obligations because of the effects of COVID-19. Your servicer should be able to help you identify alternatives that may be available to, to you given your specific circumstances. And your state may also offer additional mortgage relief options. So don't, don't leave it just with your lender. Reach out to your state. Reach out to your state's websites. I know the .gov uh, has been particularly helpful for me with a lot of the governmental information I need at least and might not have the information there directly, but I can kind of figure out I can navigate to where I think that information might be and kind of uh, get going. I, I haven't really ever spent much time on any of these government websites beforehand, but I've spent a lot of time on the Washington State Governor Inslee's um, governor.wa.gov, something like that. And um, some great information there. It's been super helpful. And so how to request forbearance or mortgage relief? Call your servicer. We got that one down. You may need to explain why you're unable to make your payment. All right, lost my job, that kind of thing. You might need to explain whether the problem is temporary or permanent. That'll give your loan servicer or your lender an idea of how long of a forbearance they need to give you or kind of what the terms are. You might need to explain details about your income, expenses, and other assets like cash in the bank. They want to see that you're really hurting. All right, so here are questions to ask when you are asking for a forbearance. What options are available to help me temporarily reduce or suspend my payments? What are my options? Ask that. Might seem like a super simple question, but that's the point of your phone call to your servicer. Are there forbearance, loan modification, or other options? Tell me what tell me what you can do for me. What can we work out here? This is a, this is a tough time. This is brutal. I don't want to call you. I don't want to make this call. I just want to be able to pay my payments. I want to get my mortgage uh, going. I know I'm not going to be able to make it. What do I do? Have them outline what the options are. And then can you waive late fees? Uh, as part of your mortgage agreement, there's always late fees involved. If you haven't paid, see if you can get those waived. I think most lenders are going to do that. Once you've been able to secure forbearance or another mortgage relief option, ask your servicer to provide written documentation that confirms the details of your agreement and so that once you're so that you're clear on what the terms are. 
get it in writing. That's a big thing because these servicers are super busy. If you don't have it in writing, you're not going to be able to get back to that other person you talked to, you know, maybe yesterday or whatever. Get it in writing. You've got it written. That's your agreement. You can provide that to others down the road, which you will probably be asked for. All right. So what do you do once you've missed, once you've received your mortgage relief option? So the first thing to do is keep your written documentation on hand, because like I said, they're probably going to ask you that for that down the road. All right. So keep your written documentation on hand. Pay attention to your monthly monthly mortgage statement. Look at that. See if that changes at all. That's not in accordance to the forbearance agreement or relief option that you signed up for. If something changed there, hit up your service agreement. Hey, I'm seeing this number change here. Should that have changed? Should that balance have gone up uh, during this time period? Um, the third thing is keep an eye on your credit. So the credit agencies, if you don't make your payment, they have the ability to report this to a credit agency. I think a lot of that is not going to happen in this one. Because if you do reach out, you're kind of doing a good faith and the lender on the other hand, should do a good faith to you. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. So ask your lender, ask your servicer, Hey, is this going to impact my credit at all? It's a good idea to routinely check your credit reports in order to make sure there are no errors or inaccuracies. If you stop making mortgage payments without a forbearance agreement, the servicer will report this information to the credit reporting companies, and it can have a lasting negative impact on your credit history. So figure out what you're going to do, get that game plan going, make sure that you ask your lender, hey, this is not going to impact my credit, correct? And go down that road. You just want to cover yourself all the way around. Lastly, once your income is restored, contact your servicer and resume your payments. Get that going as soon as you can so you can get back on track. You're going to have a bunch of other payments that are probably going to be late. Need to figure those out as well because this is a tough time and you just want to try and keep on top of it. Going back to work, it's going to be difficult. So you've got all these bills, you're going back to work, kind of just this really tough mental space to be in. But make sure that you contact your service and, and resume your, your payments. And if you're continuing to receive some income that turns out to be more than you need for your bills and, and expenses, don't blow it all. Consider putting it aside because at some point you may need that very soon. So even if you're getting your CARES Act money uh, through one form or another, whether it's a $1,200 payment or whatever, and you've got more than enough, don't blow it. That's kind of the bottom line here. And lastly, be aware of scams. Every time there is an act that comes up from the government, there's always a bunch of scam artists out there that take advantage of people who don't really understand what's going on or what they should be doing. Here are some signs uh, to what you can watch for as scammers arise. They charge a high upfront fee for their services. They promise to get you a loan modification. Saw a lot of that in 0708 all the way through, oh man, 2013, 2014. They will ask you to sign over your property title. Don't do that, brutal. Ask, they will ask you to sign papers you don't understand, put a bunch of legal jargon in front of you. If you're not sure, get somebody else who can take a look at it and go through it. They will tell you to make payments to someone other than your servicer. That's always a, a famous one. We work on behalf of Bank of America. Well, do you? No, you probably don't. That's a scam artist. They will tell you to stop making payments altogether. Just, you don't have to make them. Here's how we're going to work this out. It's like, uh, I want to see that in writing from my actual lender. 
They will promise you payments in connection with providing credit card numbers and other personal information. Huge red flag. Don't let that happen to you. So those are some of the major things to look at from scams. And that is kind of a brief overview of the basics of getting relief for paying your mortgage. I've got a number of friends who have just bought homes, literally two of them uh, closed on homes, and their first payment was April 1, and they had to enter into a forbearance, just a difficult situation, payment number one, or no, one of the two people, they were able to make their payment, the other one just flat didn't have the money, I think they're on an FHA loan, something like that, it just horrific circumstances. You obtain the American dream, you buy your first home, then the coronavirus hits. So I think bottom line is, is if you are needing a mortgage relief option, know that you are not alone and that there are ways to work through it. You might have to have some patience to get through the process because there's literally probably millions of other people doing the same thing right now. So know you're not alone, have some patience, stick at it, and if you're watching this uh, video or this podcast on YouTube, feel free to reach out to me in the comments. Shoot me a quick question. I get that all the time. I'm, I try my best to answer all the questions that come through, all the comments. Some of them are, hey, dude, nice video. Probably not going to answer that. But if you ask me something specific to real estate, I'll probably answer. So that is it for this podcast. Once again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Client Appraisal. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Appreciate it, and I will see you tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.